This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Well, good afternoon, Melbourne. You're on the Escape Pod. It's Russ Marston here with the, I'm going to say the lovely Mark Evans today because he is absolutely gorgeous and our um, fabulous, oh, you, um, fabulous panellist, Andre. I'm all the titter. You're all the titter with the, uh, the, with the Twitter? <laughs> you know what, Mark? This weekend in Melbourne is outrageous. Can I tell you why? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, first of all, I need to announce to our listeners that the reason Joe Pryor isn't here today is she is having a clothing sale at the Camberwell Market tomorrow. You've got to get out to the market. 5am, I suggest you get down there for all the good stuff because she is um, she is Queen of, um, uh, Imelda Marcos, isn't she, with all oh those God, shoes and everything? So if you want some groovy hip-hop and happening clothes from the, God, the 20s right through to the 80s, you're going to find it in that gorgeous wardrobe of hers. So head down to Campbell Market tomorrow. The big thing's happening in Melbourne this weekend, Mark. And you're going to love this. Tell me. The Melbourne Fetish Expo is on at the Fitzroy Town Hall. Can you believe it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the place to go to if you're into Fifty Shades of Grey or you're a bit of a kinkster. Okay. Okay. Now they've got it well. Yeah, you could go down there. They've got a grand fetish fashion parade happening. What time? Uh, Sometime this afternoon. I'm not quite sure what time. I suggest you get on the website and find out. And they've also got hardcore dungeon play spaces. So I'm not sure whether I'd go for that. But the, the fashion show is certainly right up my alley. Might take my vanilla self down there and uh... <laughs> and make it all happen. Yeah, okay. see what makes my hair curl. Now the other big thing on in Victoria this weekend is the Flappers Ball. Okay. Now that's happening at the at, at Dalesford. It is oh, a, beautiful. Yeah, it is a women's only event. Yeah. Oh, great. Celebrating all things dance from the 1920s right through to the 1980s. Oh, what a great event! Do you know what a flapper is? Uh, yeah, a dancer from the 20s. It's a kind of dance. Well, the girls actually do, take do, it a bit more do, literally. Do. You know, but what a flapper, according to our our girlfriends, is. Yeah. A 1920s women intent on enjoying themselves and flouting controversial standards of behaviour. Oh, I love it. I reckon I could be a flapper. Yep. To you? <laughs> a nation's wealth is its badly behaved <laughs> women. Right. Just I couldn't agree earlier. with you more. <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah? Yeah. Still it's studying hard, hard, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Bought a house, blah, blah, blah. Did you get out of town? No, I've got a house here, mate. <laughs> got a flat. Whereabouts? No, my landlord decided to sell it, so I just decided to buy it. I didn't want to move. Oh, how fantastic. Congratulations. Cheap to move, but whatever. So th- I'm in 3121. <laughs> You're now a owner in... 3182. How wonderful. And I'm 3181. 3181. 3181 is that uh, Pran? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Pran, St Kilda yeah. and Richmond. Yeah. We're all inner city boys, as they say. We have a North Coatian with us. We do. We do have a North Cadian with us. <laughs> Shall we introduce? Yes, we should. All right. Penelope, welcome to Joy. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. It's Slightly husky. Yeah. Well, we like Sexy. That. We like that. Um, Penelope... Um, Grab the sexiness. <laughs> Look, I'm heading down to Fitzroy Town Hall and I'm just, you know, warming myself in. <laughs> I actually <laughs> think that Campbell Market's on the wrong day because what you need to do is go and buy all Joe's clothing and then go 
to oh sorry the Dalesford one. Yeah, no, the Flappers Ball. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. God, um, yeah, that's right. They should have coordinated that better. Yeah. They absolutely would Snoop have been able to. <laughs> they would have been able to yeah. flap it tonight on Joe's outfit. God, yeah. she's a she's a gorgeous dresser. Absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. gorgeous, isn't she? There, I think I've known her for four years. I think I've seen her in the same outfit once or twice. But she has incredible wardrobe. Yeah, it takes rooms, it's plural, in rooms. her house. Yep, <laughs> she has two rooms. She's as a wardrobe. <laughs> she's she's a stylist of of many yeah, women's yeah. fashions. Yeah. In fact, I think it's safe to call her a flapper. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we will. We yeah. will call her a flapper. Unconventional women. Let's talk about you. And my floor drobe. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So you're you're a bit of a floor drober, are you? Well, not really. I just don't have time to make choices. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> not all busy women do, do they? No, well. No. I mean, a hundred years ago, I was an actor and I grew up with a... My mum has a stall at Chapel Street Bazaar. So, okay. you know, we some families would go sailing on weekends. We'd go garage sailing. So I'd pick up costumes and this and that. And yep. being, being in theatre, you end up with costumes. So costumes are a way of being. And so in some ways, clothing and costumes are the same thing. And if I don't feel like being in a costume... <laughs> I just pick it up off the floor, and if it doesn't smell too much, I'll wear it again tomorrow. You're also talking about your love of taffeta and cycling. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I have a lot of taffeta skirts. And how does that work on a push bike? Well, <laughs> you, you rustle a lot <laughs> and frighten those mammals. <laughs> and other, well, are you talking about the other cyclists, the uh, middle-aged men in Lycra? That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah. Mammals? Yeah, they don't believe that I'm as fast as I am. And the taffeta is... And you swoosh on by on your Melbourne star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So let's talk about your career in the arts. Where did it start? Um, well... Are you, you're going to be one of these stories. I was six and I decided... I could... Yeah. Though I'm trying to... Just was looking for which point at which do you want me to... You know, what's <laughs> the like. really in start? Well, I could do the from when I was six or yeah. four. Yeah. All right. When I was four. Yeah. You know, other kids wanted to be fire engine drivers or yeah. whatever. I wanted to be an actor, an inventor, and a vivisector. All right, Can I need to ask, <laughs> what, what, what is a vivisector? It's the... Oh, do, you, we might have to pull that up on Google. It's a very visual art form. <laughs> 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 You're going to Google it? Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll wait for that, uh, the, for the that moment to happen. Unless you Google image. We'll, we'll talk about it because right. it's, um, oh, radio is radio is quite a, a, a bad visual medium. Yes. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> vivisection is? A vivisection is the practice of putting wires in animals' heads. <laughs> <laughs> Look no. how miserable they all are. <laughs> Pulled apart. That's not the image I had when I was four. That's just wrong. No. Yeah, what, would, what would drive a four-year-old to want to do that to that poor no, monkey? No, no, no. That's not it. I'm vegetarian again now. <laughs> Penelope, can I help them? Did it have anything to do with making puppets? Well, it it led to that, I think. There you go. Because puppetry kind of... Come on, boys. I think it was like Leonardo da Vinci or something, you know, like that pulling bodies apart and looking at organs and so on. So Um, it was this fascination of uh, life forms uh, when you're four. Well, of... of Guts. Guts, yeah, of guts, basically. Blood and guts. Stuff four-year-olds love. Yeah, totally. Blood and guts and grease off the rod. Blood and guts. And the odd hook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think essentially to become a puppeteer, I mean, I, I flirted with opera for about two seconds and then felt Can you like... you sing? 
Uh, not today, I can't, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that anymore, not really. Um, I, I found it very conservative. I just felt if I don't have, I'm not wearing a Fletcher Jones tartan skirt, I'm just, <laughs> just not going to cut it in this world. Um, and then ended up working in bilingual theatre in Italian, doing Italian and English stuff. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wow. Touring during that. And then went, oh, this is amazing, and went and studied in Italy and trained in Commedia dell'arte, which is the masked acrobatic physical acting, like yeah. really, really physical. Physical. So you um, speak Italian fluently, clearly. Uh, <laughs> a really fluently, si claro. really bad. <laughs> si claro, vero. A little bit. Um, this isn't the Italian show, so we don't have no, to. No, write no, notes no, no, no. They're on later on. Perfect. Ciao, bella ragazza. And then I yeah. went over to New York. I ran away. Oh. I ran away from a boyfriend, and then ran back to the boyfriend who was in New York. Um, and we decided to stay there for a, well, indefinitely, but ended up there for a year. I went, damn it all, I'm not staying in New York for a man. I'm going Did to- you? Did you? Yeah. You oh, yeah. Love this dramatic life was- that you play out the streets as well as on stage. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't good enough for you, was he? Look, I'm not going to talk about that because he may be tuned in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did oh. you have your hands on your hips and stamp your foot? Oh, it was a bit like that. Oh, fantastic. And a dingy hotel room in Little Italy with a bottle of vodka stuck yeah. out of the window in the yeah. snow to chill. Oh, God, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I also think Where it's Where if perfect. you plugged in a hairdryer and a fry pan at the same time, the whole building would short. Power. <laughs> it was just... Oh, the so, memories come yeah, fluttering. The memories <laughs> yeah. do. But it was like... Neighbour ODing. Yeah. yeah no, Fantastic. No, yeah. Not then, no. Um, so I ended up studying at Stras- the Lee Strasberg. Oh, wow. Yeah, and doing method acting, which is like the opposite of comedia, because comedia is like outside in. And So work us yeah. through those two different schools of thought. I mean, uh, studying in Italy and studying in New, New York, York would have been very different experiences. So yeah. walk us through those. Um, Italy, I, I was just went there deliberately to go and study. And yeah. then the course was acrobatics, Itali- the history of Latin comedy, So, yeah. oh. with, but with a focus on... Um, Comedia dell'arte. So that's where Adlichino or Harlequin comes from. Yeah, if wonderful. You know this. Right. But a lot of the bases of Shakespeare, Shakespeare. So the forms, the main main right. Shakespeare forms, originate in Comedia dell'arte. Okay. So it's quite it's it's just quite interesting as a foundation. Um, but so it's as the way the form works is uh, if you if you hunch your back over. What does that feel like? What does that character, how does that feel? As opposed to um, in method acting, if you, if I want to feel really uncomfortable and it's not happening naturally in this scene between you and me, I might go home, shove hay down my shirt, experiment with what that feels like and then come in, not with hay in my shirt, and talk to you but have the the knowledge of that sensation. Okay. It's all sort of tricks you do like that if something is not naturally working interesting um yeah so quite different yeah yeah yeah. what was it like studying in italy oh it was great yeah (laughs) it was really fun um i want to know all the naughty bits that was sort of outside of school oh my my, we have time (laughs) tell us about all the wine and the italian men (laughs) (laughs) she's gone all shy Yes. Romance. Oh, yeah. Giovanni. Oh. oh Massimo. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you one really funny story from years earlier when I, I lived in Florence for a very short period of time. Like, yep. 
don't know, it was like there for six months or something. But I, I'd been in Italy for four days. It was my first big trip by myself. I was 22 mm. and I was standing on a bridge in Venice looking at the water and it was very romantic. Ooh. And I heard from behind me <clears throat> and I turned around and there was this very handsome man holding a red rose. And he said to me, excuse me. Would you be offended if I gave you this rose? <laughs> and I looked, wonderful. Oh, well, I was sus, mate. Were you? No, I was totally sus. She's Aussie. Oh. Yeah. She was well, sus. I said, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. Mate, you're going off like a frog in a sock. Yeah, it's going off like a frog. I said, no. Mate. I, I didn't take the rose. I walked around, in, around Venice with him. As it turned out, this was, I was travelling with my backpack with Mozart and Handel Arias in my backpack to practice singing. This is in my two seconds of being an opera singer days. Um, and he was a singer in the Bologna Opera. Ah. Wow. So we walked around singing Mozart and blah, blah, blah. And he said, come, come to Verona with me. <laughs> oh, my God. And I said, no, no. If you want me, meet me in Paris in three days at the Notre Dame at 12 o'clock. And he did. <gasps> did no. he? Get out of here. He did. And it was like this affair that lasted for eight months or something. Oh. I met his family in Bologna. I was going to get married and make babies and have lasagna and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but no. they know. No. But then no. you went, mate. Oh, mate. <laughs> You're lucky. Mate. mate. No. You're lucky you didn't go to Verona. You would have been, you know, Julieta in that balcony. I know. Yeah. Disaster. Absolutely. Yeah. Horrible. How wonderful for you. Well, you know, a man, <laughs> what a great story. a man follows you to Paris. I mean, yeah. I can't think of anybody in this room or listening today who wouldn't want a man follow them to Paris. It was like one of yeah. those weird pinch yourself moments. Like, yeah. this is what everyone kind of fantasizes about. Oh. But I was always sus. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't sure. Yeah. 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 New York, start spreading the news. I can't <laughs> believe you lived in New York. I would it, love to live there. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a plan. Like, I went there because I had a ticket there. Yeah. And went there because I told everyone at the course initially, they all knew I was going. They were like, you're going to go and be a famous actor. And I was like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, turned up and trudged through the snow, looking at all the different acting schools, applied to Lee Strasberg and got in. Wow. I walked out of there uh, after handing over all of my cash except for 15 bucks. And I had nowhere to live and no job. And the snow was as big as, you know, it was yeah. a head height. I just thought, what the hell am I going to do? And I trudged through the antique area in um, sort of near the East Village. And I went, oh, yeah, I know about antiques. So I, the fourth shop wind door I knocked on, um, they, they were like, no, no, we don't have your work. Oh, do you do phone work? It's like, yes, 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 I do phone work. I ended up um, setting up this whole side of the business for them. Um, but essentially, you know how ambulance cha- ambulance chases in journalism, yep, they yep. Ch- literally chase ambulances. My job was to chase deceased estate lawyers and hunt down deceased estates and bring them in to, to the company, to oh. the antique business. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Everyone's got their mouths open. They look amazing. horrified. Well, it, it, it is... <laughs> It's so you're shaking down widows for their old furniture. Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to discuss this further. It's 2.15 in the afternoon. It's 19 degrees. And we're going to be um, hunting down widows' estates after we go to this um, this message break from our sponsors. Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Joy.org.au for the world.
Joy 94.9. That's right. And uh, it is currently 20 minutes past two on a beautiful 20 degree day here in sunny springy Melbourne. You're on uh, Escape Pod with Mark and Russ and Andre and we've got a special guest here today from Barking Spider. Um, Penelope Butlow has been telling us about living... Is it Butlow or Butlow? How do you uh, pronounce it? Whatever you want. It's an is it German name. or is it French? <laughs> it's um, a mix of both. Yes. Like the, I think it originally came from French-German border but any yeah, like family Strasbourg. sort of... Yeah, mm. they all live up in northern Germany now for some weird reason. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Barking Spider... So how did the... Bucky Spider come into existence. What was the, the story of that? No, 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 no. I want to know what happened in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. We've got listeners hanging on the edge of their chair wanting to know what happened with all these. Okay, just in case you've tuned in, let's, let's recap, Russ. Where were we uh, before the break? Okay, well, before the break. Oh, and what was that song? Andre. That was a special. funeral march? No. <laughs> no. That, that was um, ABBA. And the way old friends do, because oh, okay. Joe is such a avid ABBA fan, and we always joke about ABBA. Yeah, and I picked that especially for Joe. Okay, it's very because nice. we miss her. Yeah, yeah, on the well, show. Yeah. Just to give you an update, Penelope's been with us for just a wee a wee few minutes this afternoon, but we have. We have had a man pick her up in uh, in Florence. Oh, and Venice, Venice. Venice was it? Venice. Venice. Um, he wanted her to go to Verona. She said, "No, you come to me with Paris." He went to Paris with her. Subsequently, they had an affair. She then went off to New York, and by the time she got to New York, she got a job in an antique shop. In the antique shop, she was due to make calls to people who were um, offering deceased estates so they could bring their antiques to the shop so she could sell them over to you, Penelope. <laughs> that was a Fantastic recap. Very good listener. Active listening, Russ. (laughs) Very impressed. I will tell you because it kind of neatly wraps up a strange thread. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that's even a pun that you don't know about yet. Um, Oh, we're building up. We are building up. (laughs) Creating a dossier. There was this massive estate that I pulled in. Now, I worked in the basement of a building which was the storeroom for the antique shop. Roland's Antiques. And Roland's, um, Billy used to go over the boss. He used to go over to Belgium and pull in these crates. And in this little street in Manhattan, on certain days, usually in spring, the backs of all the crates would be opened as the antique dealers would pull out all their beautiful stuff and it smelt like um, wood filings. And it was this incredible (laughs) smell. I I imagine it's smelling like Nana. (laughs) No, no, no. That's an Australian particular smell. No. (laughs) Sort of milky tea and desperation. It was actually a really beautiful smell of pine pine boxes and wood shavings that, that, mm, yeah. that just and varnish and wax and varnish. And, yeah, and yeah, exactly yeah. yeah um but down in the basement they'd bring all that stuff down and my little desk because it was really dark down there i was just at sort of the single light over the tiny desk what did they give you like a ikea desk or something oh no this is like over 20 years ago oh yeah oh no, sorry you're being funny yeah. i just had a, a little irony by yeah. last second there <laughs> um i could see you yeah, like actually, a beautiful roll top Ikea number. <laughs> but a little known fact, Ikea actually was founded 450 years ago. Yeah. And this was one By of Vikings. the originals. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Flat pack Vikings. Flat pack Vikings. Yeah. And you can actually tell because it's got little horns yeah. stamped oh. on the base of it. And yeah. everything would fit yeah, in the yeah. back of a Volvo. But the, yes. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you find the key. Good times. All together, yeah. Um, but there was this huge bear, like this enormous bear, stuffed bear that loomed over my desk. And I'd go down there every day and be like, hello, I 
and Penelope from Roland's Antiques with his bear looking over my shoulder. Um, looming. Looming. Encouraging you to work harder. It kind of did encourage me. But one day I pulled in this massive estate from this woman from uptown and, and it was huge. And they, they were, had all these bags of clothing, um, which that's the, the thread. Ah, get you, get you. See what you did there. Yeah. Camberwell Market tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, don't throw it away. Can I go through it first? And in amongst this clothing, this woman had these incredible handmade silk undergarments. Like long gowns with, you know, tiny little silk straps in pastels. And each one, and there must have been, I probably got about, 18 of them, was on its own handmade silk soft coat hanger in a silk bag. So it would have all been hung in her cupboard. They were extraordinary, such, and made in the 40s. Beautiful. Now, of course, you kept them. Well, I was was a bit bit clever. You were? (laughs) Yes, I was a bit clever. I did keep one. Fantastic. I kept one. Back in the the first story about Italy, um, I ended up dumping Mr. Mr. Opera mm-hmm. and moving into an apartment that I found one night while I was hitchhiking with this funny American girl and landed in Florence when Florence was the gay epicenter of Europe. Really? It was fantastic. Okay. And my best friend, the guy I moved in, he became my best friend. He was studying fashion design, became the bad boy of fashion design. Because I mean, he got kicked out of fashion school and started oh, to hang cool. out with this guy called Beauty School Dropout. Yeah, he was a totally Beauty School Dropout. He then started working for the the it boy in fashion in Florence at that time called Samuele Mazza, and Samuele. Um, yeah, so I ended up working on backstage on fashion shows and stuff in Italy. That was like five years prior or something. Lars, my friend, then got a job with Donna Karen and oh, with wow. um, what's his name? The other. Big wig who makes undies now, you know. Calvin Klein. Calvin yes, Klein. Calvin Klein. <laughs> um, and I rang Lars and said, "Hey, I've got because he was between Italy and New York, just by absolute coincidence." I said, "Hey, I've got all these amazing gowns," and he looked at them and he said, "Take them up to um, was it Versace? One of those really big." So I did, and I sold them for 500 bucks cash, and that was the next season of where. Yeah. Okay, so this is, uh, was it Caroline Kennedy uh, who married John John? Who? She wore a um, a very simple white wedding dress in the nineties. Was was this that time? Yeah. Uh, and it looked that? like a slip, a, a silk slip. Oh, it was completely that. Yeah. So you did that. <laughs> I am responsible for that. Amazing. Karen I can't and I, and we've got you on today. I'm in awe <laughs> with all of these stories. Did you get a Versace salad? <laughs> Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, it's just a plate with three lines of cocaine on it, I think. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> oh, we good travel we travel in good times, aren't they? <laughs> good times and good taste. Right. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, do you stuff. still have such um, you know, glamorous outfit that you, you know, you... I do have lovely clothes. I just don't wear them every day. Okay, but yeah. do you still have that, that silk? No, it perished. Oh, it It perished, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes. I mean, it literally perished, you know, silk just doesn't last forever. No, yeah. And these things were so old. So, but, well, that would have been 60 years at the time? Yeah, I mean, maybe they were even earlier. I mean, I'd hate to think that they were 20s. Yeah. That I almost feel it would be impossible that they could have been from the 20s. Without falling apart. Without falling apart. Yeah. But they, I mean, they looked like they were from the 20s, but I kept saying they were from the 40s because I didn't want to believe it. <laughs> like, the length of them and the style and the handmade... 
um, lace. It was just. And when you went window shopping in Fifth Avenue that season, did you as just I did. say, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah"? I chose that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Well, Carolyn and I, yes. It's <laughs> 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 terrific. Off to the Hamptons. Yeah. <laughs> la la la. <laughs> so, Bucky Spider. Oh yes. Yeah. Terrible segue. Great story. No, no. I'm sure there's a segue there somewhere. I've just come to think of it. Um, uh, in 2006, I studied, went back to university, studied puppetry at the Victorian College of the Arts, okay. the now defunct puppetry course. Um, and the very first thing you had to do when you did that course was they, the two tutors, um, teachers, whatever, they threw a whole lot of junk, literally, onto the floor and said, okay, gang, Come back in six weeks with a solo show. I went, okay. So the four of us did that. And this Indian producer came to the solos and he really liked my work. And he said, why don't you make that longer and bring it to India? Wow. I went, okay. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Um, And the thing is that, you know, India, the India tour was covered in terms of getting from point A to point B and the accommodation, but there were no airfares or wages. So my... Ex, who was an uh, arts accountant, an arts accountant and a producer, knew how to do all that whiz bang financy stuff. Set the company up as a with. Um, I'm going to use ac- acronyms DGR and TCC and all that rubbish, but it's very good that he did that. <laughs> and then the company was born, so we got money and went to India, like Philanthropics and blah 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 blah. And so you got some funding and off you yeah, go. Yeah, and it began with an Indian tour, which is kind of. Usually that's the peak of the career. Yes, I know. <laughs> it was like the beginning. Um, so what were the crowds like? Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. Like puppetry in India, there's us- it's usually v- – it's very traditional. It's yep. only like string puppets or um, shadow, shadow or whatever. Yeah. And we were using object puppets. So that's any object can become a puppet and you're playing with the personality of objects. And oh. it's a completely different style. <laughs> I just yeah. remember this. We were down in the south and this – Beautiful old Indian um, woman came and said, but, but, but what, what does, was that really puppetry? <laughs> yeah, it's just not what you used to. Okay. Tote stiff. Tote stiff. What is normal in puppetry? <laughs> what is normal? We're going to yeah, have to go to a break. Yeah, we are. We, we are. Uh, stick with us. We've got more barking spiders. Andre, bring up those fabulous messages. For a unique mix of world news and queer culture, tune in to Saturday Magazine, 10 a.m. till noon on Joy 94.9. Joy's longest-running news and current affairs program, featuring a weekly hub of discussion on politics, LGBTI world events, cinema and culture. It's an enlightening and informative Saturday wake-up. Hosted by David McCarthy and produced by Pete Dillon, Saturday Magazine is two hours of essential listening to start your weekend. Saturday Magazine on Joy 94.9, proudly sponsored by Virgin. Australia. Visit virginaustralia.com. You're listening to Joy 94.9 and that was the lovely announcements that we have to play for you. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand, Andre, that you have got a um, special interview that we're going to listen to now. Um, we'll come back to Penelope shortly, but um, you, uh, you have a friend um, in um, I do. Uh, performing arts that you'd like to I introduce to our listeners. <laughs> 
Um, and it's very related to the work that you do, Penelope. So I was I was hoping that Mark could get you to talk about the barking spider, but um, of course you got sidetracked by Russ. <laughs> it's um, Russ's fault. So that, Russ. And, He's always at it. <laughs> and then my little interview would have um, fitted in well with that. Doesn't matter. We'll have a listen and then we'll come back to you and get some comments from you on sure. that. Hello, Shirlene, and welcome to Joy 94.9. It is our pleasure to talk to you today. Sherlene is the Chief Imagination Officer, Change Agent and Creative Diva of a company called Shahan Ideaneers, a company based in Johannesburg. Welcome, Sherlene. Thank you very much, Andre. I appreciate you having me on the show. You are more than welcome. Sherlene, the reason I brought you onto the show is because of the similarities between yourself and Penelope. Penelope from the Barking Spider uh, uses creativity and innovation as commodities to bring about change. Uh, quite a mouthful. Penelope tends to work in the public space, whereas you are focused more on the corporate space. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Um, Andre, I have started my journey as a change agent in, in corporate South Africa and as a result realized that in order to enable people to, to become more comfortable in a sense with the change journey because change in itself is daunting and we are not wired and programmed to change. As a matter of fact, humans thrive in the status quo. We're programmed not to change. We're programmed to be subconsciously competent with the skills to sort of survive without having to think too much about. So as a result, I decided to use, first of all, I started with theater as a means to, to convey the change mes- message in corporate. And the theater um, was very well received. The next step was starting to use music, and corporate cabaret is my trademark. It's my registered trademark in South Africa, and I started to use music in in order to write and in song convey the change message. Now, music is a universal language, and that was also very well received. From music, I started to morph into my PhD research, which then focused on igniting innovation, because innovation was the trend of the time. What then happened was that um, I've always been involved in a in an amateur theatre group and always been closely linked to and involved with um, performance art. And then I realised that visually, if you ignite interest and convey stories, people sort of um, remember the image and people engage into their forgotten artistic thought because the school system in South Africa pretty much kills natural creativity and then when you actually start to operate in corporate unless it's a marketing agency or a, or a company that focuses on on the creative offering creativity is sort of frowned upon and when you especially in the financial services in industry when you talk about creativity they bring the forensic auditors <laughs> on board <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Now, is your um, is your niche particularly in the financial corporate market, or is it corporate market in general? You know, financial corporate services, because that is where I started my research. Because if you can then get a, 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 a creativity and innovation going in a very statutory and regulatory environment, then the rest of the, the companies <laughs> is sort of be much easier. Having said that, I've also made use of, of visual arts like actual art, artworks themselves as a team building exercise. Um, I brought in famous artists to come and help me present the, the artistic side of the workshop. 
I've made use of shadow puppetry where we had the puppets stenciled out before the time and we had the people cut out the puppets um, in a sense to give them ownership of the project. So it's very important for me that people own the project. My latest venture is I've used celebrating sensuality and I've written a novel <laughs> using art, music and magic to actually um, convey the change process. So would you describe uh, sexuality as another visual art form? <laughs> well, I suppose you put it in that context. I've never thought of it like that before, but, but this is now also opening new avenues in my mind. Um, what, I, what I have done, Andre, is that storytelling is very powerful. And I, I think a lot of us entering into the visual arts or into the creative domain needs to link whatever we do to a story. And that's exactly what Penelope does. I'm just looking at Penelope's website and her philosophy says in one word, story. Barking Spider is all about story. And if I look at your website, it is our overarching life theme or mission is to assist organizations to to unleash their creative potential to idea near a story that will result in creating a legend that will leave a legacy of business brilliance. It's a fascinating field. It is incredibly powerful what you do. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you use this, and as well as the book, in order to empower particularly women in South Africa? I would um, just like to give you a little bit of context about um, what we do in the corporate arena. Uh, I look at the, the story of a specific industry or a specific organization. I take the current story or the current reality and then ask them where would they like to move to. Say, for instance, in this, in, in, they want to start a contact center. Then I say, okay, you don't have a contact center at this point in time, so we need to sensitize the people, get the message out there, and in a sense sell the contact center idea so that the people embrace it and that the change journey is not as daunting. Mm. Then what happens is I get the corporate messages and I write a corporate cabaret um, with the messages intact and then get professional performers to actually assist the workforce. Sometimes with, with great results, it's like sort of a, 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 a corporate's got talent thing <laughs> in a sense. You know, instead of Australia's got talent or, or Britain's got talent, it's like, Corporates got talent things, and people love seeing some of their senior staff performing. And even some of the junior staff with great talent then comes to the fore and are being showcased, and thus singing along and embracing the change message. Melbourne is, of course, the cultural heart of Australia, and all things cabaret happen in Melbourne. And I do believe you are coming this way in November for a very exciting event. It's the Creative and Innovation Asia-Pacific Conference 2016 at the Sofitel in Melbourne. Um, Andrew, of course, um, I would, I'm looking forward to the Creativity and Innovation um, Conference. Um, and um, I recall a couple of years ago when I was in Melbourne and I saw Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, in the Melbourne Theatre. It was a wonderful experience. And it was one of those experiences that I will forever treasure. The, the bus scene just sort of elevated the whole um, theatre production to an entirely different level, and I used a similar technique. Um, in South Africa, we have minibus taxis, <laughs> and I used that, that, that same theatrical concept um, in a show 
it, it was very, very successful. Shalene, thank you very much. It has been an absolute delight to talk to you. Uh, thank you very much, Andre, for your time sure and for having me. There you go, Penelope. That was um, Shalene talking about using visual arts in a, more in a corporate setting and uh, more in the corporate setting and a financial corporate setting. And what do you make of that? I, I, I wish I could talk to her because it would be really interesting to unpack wh- why she does that um, a bit more. Like one thing that I keyed into was that she said that she looks at the history of a given industry or corporation. I think that's quite, for me, that's a really key and significant and interesting entry point into anything. So, yeah, Yeah. so if I'm working with a community or a site or or whatever it is, you you have to unearth that stuff because it does form. That history and and that story, yes. She's um, coming in November and we can certainly, we'll do tea. Oh, I'd love to oh, do have tea. both on air so we can all hear. Absolutely. Yeah, great. It's a really great. interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Andre, for organising that interview You're for welcome. us this week. That's, that and I hope great. she didn't have to get up too early for us. Well, she's a diva and I had to <laughs> time it very proper, very perfectly. So to, um, she'll come into the show if she's physically here, but d- yeah. don't call her this time because <laughs> Madam is still asleep. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Now, Penelope, sorry, Mark, yeah, I do Barking Spider. Yeah. Tell us more about Barking Spider and tell us more Beardo. about Beardo. <laughs> <laughs> sorry? I'm in awe of Beardo. I want to, I want to be yeah, one Beardo. of the girls. <laughs> or Tableau Vivant. Oh, Talk tableau about that. Tableau Vivant. Um, oh, uh, well, Beardo. Basically, I, I heard about an event that was being run at the Hawthorne Art Gallery where um, – the curator was fascinated by the rise of the beard, like why are, you know, the hipster beard. So she curated an exhibition based on that. And I thought, oh, I totally want to be part of that. So I approached her with my idea of having bearded ladies. Um, and she said, great. And so she gave me a little bit of money. And I researched um, the the Spanish courts, and probably French as well, but they have fan language. Yes. So there's all this a really dense language based in fans. And I took that, abstracted it, and made it very rude. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the bearded ladies, they're very elegant, poised, high status. Yeah. Um, but, and they never speak with words. They speak with their fans. But, I mean... Yes, it's, it's it's naughty because people. The first of all, it's it, it, it's amazing the responses you get as a woman dressed in a beard. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. I was actually quite shocked. Like we did it in High Street Northcote for a festival there. It's Northcote. Hello, you know. Of course, there's going to be women with beards in Northcote. What's wrong with that? I know. Girls are like boys are like yeah. boys are like girls. But no, it was like. <laughs> Look, it's got tits. This kind of stuff. Oh, oh God, real? Really? Yeah. What are you? I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, what are you? What? Yeah. Oh, get back in your holding. Oh, seriously. Well, maybe they were from Broadmeadows. Look, I don't know where they were from, but yeah. I was upset. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> I was just shocked. You're a lady with a beard. What's oh, the big deal? What is know? the big yeah. deal? Um, but most people just play. They realise it's really playful. And so you look someone in the it eye. It's fun. It's really fun. And it's it's because we all know the language and we're making these um, sexual appraisals of people, but no one knows what the language is. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, you know, as a personality assessments, there's one movement. All right, I'm going to tell you one. All right. It's just okay. a fan move. Fan one language. fan move yeah. where you flick your fan and you put it up on the top of your head. What does that mean? It means 
you're a wanker. <laughs> I'm going to get my, my my boyfriend's Latino. I'm going to use that tonight. Pull <laughs> <laughs> out a fan first. Have you yes, got a fan? I have got a fan. Now the interesting thing about this, <laughs> know the answer to that. I don't know why I asked. Well, I've been in a room with the Latino community. Where these guys all get together and the fans come out and there's all this giggling and there is all of this undercurrent that they all know fan what's language. going on with this fan yeah, language. Yeah. They take it very seriously and there's raucous laughter and the fans are flicked in and out and all of this stuff goes on. But you know, I, I. I I totally get where you're coming from. So. I had no idea there was a fan. I, I, I always thought that whole uh, dangerous liaisons fan stuff was just Make, part of the drama. No, no, it's real. Is it's it really? I'm going to have to watch dangerous liaisons again. Uh, French and Saunders did a wonderful takeoff. Of, did they? Uh, yeah, and it is hilarious. <laughs> Dawn French going around with a fan, uh, carrying on like a pork chop, is hilarious. If you, I think you can find it on YouTube. Dawn French doing liaison dangereux. Hmm. Okay, so barking spider. Oh yes. Um, so after that little sojourn in India, the company was there and then I wasn't finished with doing puppetry so I went back and did a um, – oh, sorry, I've got something in my eye. For the listeners at home, I'm scratching my eye. Um, <laughs> Do you want to play along, listeners? Scratch yeah, away. Oh, it's about oh, You scratched your eye with your beard and your fan. I did <laughs> and now it's much better. Um, yeah, I did it in my master's and that show uh, toured to uh, Brisbane Festival and – um, Azatej Festival in Adelaide and then because the fridge I, is big at Adelaide yeah it's really good oh no it was Azatej which is uh, I've forgotten the, what's an acronym for but it's Adelaide theatre for young people yeah. no it's, it's actually an international oh, is it? thing yeah okay um, and was then after festival the, theatre pardon was that a festival theatre yeah for young people yeah it's yeah, a really but good it's space, a world, art space yeah. it is actually yeah, it really really, really is yeah. some really great progressive thinking over yeah. there um, and then after that um, broke up with my X and I was wholly responsible for making things work, so I made it explode. So the company, I I was able to chase every rabbit down every hole that interested me. But essentially, um, I think you mentioned it before that story is the basis of everything, and it it truly is. So what, how it's told, where it's told, and with whom that varies. Right. So it can be a completely two dimensional visual art piece. Um, we just just went down this week an installation at the Johnson Collection, yeah. the the secret museum in East Melbourne. Yes, mm. that nobody knows about, and you can only be transported there by bus by magic. And nobody knows. where is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You just meet What's on the, the website. You meet on a street corner, and and, and then you <laughs> for real? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You get taken yeah. in a mini bus. <laughs> Are you <laughs> blindfolded? Like yes, some you're blindfolded. Taliban you prisoner? have um, you know little cuffs. On. No, you're not. I'm trying to cover. It's and it's how intriguing. <laughs> it's really great. I love the fact that it's a secret museum. It's, it is. Yeah, I think it's it such is, a Melbourne thing. I think it's now on Atlas Obscura. You know Atlas Obscura. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I told Louis, the director, I said, "You should totally be on." <laughs> so they put it on. So it's listed on Atlas Obscura. Um, yeah. So I mean, we work with community. I guess one of the thing that I'm really passionate about is giving agency and voice to people who don't necessarily have it. Yeah. And also, not so just... describe those people. Okay. Just it so, can so, range yeah. from... It started with children, working right. with young people. Um, I, do no, I, I do not want anyone to be dismissed or disregarded. Okay. So that, we're talking about people with marginalised backgrounds, people with disabilities, LBGTIQ? <laughs> yeah, basically the, the whole, anything. Right. So I've worked with young people right through from early learners to university students, with refugees, with people with dementia, oh, with fantastic. elderly, worked, you know, at marginalised schools, cowled communities. Yeah. Yeah. And, but um, probably 
The best thing is to instead of rattling off Coward, if you don't things. know, is culturally and linguistically diverse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Non-English Thank speaking. you. Yeah. Um, a good, probably a good example of how that works is I did a, a work at the State Library of Victoria in 2014 called Liberty of the Press. And I was fortunate enough to get this um, centenary fellowship. Um, and it was all based on one dress. We're back to the threads. I love it. Here we go. Yeah. I love it. This dress was created in 1866 by Ooh. Melbourne, you know, a woman called Matilda Butters, who was extraordinary. Oh, what a great name. I know. Matilda Butters. Mrs. <laughs> Matilda Butters. Oh, Mrs. Matilda Butters. <laughs> we no. need to change a lane. This is Matilda Butters Lane. Oh, my Lane. God, we so do. Yeah, we need a Matilda Butters it's actually, Lane. It's actually a really political thing because she... she right. cre- <laughs> if Chrissy Ampler can have a lane, so can Matilda, so can Matilda Butters. Butters. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I'm not having it. This no. is Matilda yeah. Butters. I'm cross. I'm cross and I'm, yeah, going, I'm, to, I'm going to speak to Doyle and uh, you know, yes. we're going to get yeah. a Matilda Butters Lane ASAP. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. Um, or at least a tree. Well, no, no, nice we'll, we'll find one of the old colonial, you know, one of those people that were fantastic in the day, but it just turns out they were stone-cold racists. Yeah, killing people. And yeah, killing yeah, people yeah, yeah, for yeah, their land. So we'll, we'll change one of their Can we? Lanes Can we do that? That would be really good. I'm sure well, so. Can you do that? <laughs> Maybe we could, <laughs> I don't know how. Really Maybe like we could rename Start this the Matilda Butters Studio. Oh. Hey. I don't know if the singer Smiths would be thrilled about that. Can you hold on to Matilda Butters for two seconds? We need to go to some messages and we will come straight back to Penelope. I want to learn all about Matilda. We all do. Yep. Why Gender is a support and advocacy group for trans and gender diverse people aged 25 and under. We run regular events and work to combat transphobia. For more information on our events and services, email info at whygender.org.au or check out our website, whygender.org.au. Join 94.9 is proud to share this community service message for Why Gender. Did you know when a stroke attacks your brain... Nearly 2 million brain cells die every minute. So we need every Australian to know the signs of a stroke and act fast to call triple zero. Because speed saves. This September, you can help share the National Stroke Week message that speed saves in a fun and educational way at your workplace, school or community group. Get your free Stroke Week kit with heaps of speedy ideas and activities now at strokefoundation.com.au. A community message supported by Joy. Just a little bit dancey or maybe a little bit sporty? And you can dance. If you're a little bit interested, then dance sport is... Joy, you're 94.9. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. It's nine minutes to three, straight after uh, this show at three o'clock. The, um, we've got uh, another new panellist joining us. So Andre uh, uh, has been panelling today for the first time. Uh, so it's a big part of what we do here at Joy 94.9. We go through training school and we, we're all volunteers, apart from a handful of paid stuff. So Andre, what have you learned the most about panelling today? <laughs> the buttons um, matter. <laughs> the buttons matter. And, that's um, a laugh. That's an hysterical laugh. <laughs> and be alert. And um, it's it's a bit hard for a boy because you've got to multitask. It's um, yeah. That's what I learned. Yes. Yeah. So, so checkpoints on straight after here. We've got another person who's who's paneling. What's your uh, number one uh, piece of advice from your today's experience? Remain calm. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Totally. Don't panic. I, I Don't couldn't panic. agree with you. Remain calm. It's only community radio. That was Mark Adams' mantra to yeah, me. No, it's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Just relax. Yeah. Anyone? No, Anyone? No, no, I must say, Mark, that, that did, um, it, it, did, it gave me great encouragement when you said to me, 
don't worry, you can't stuff it up. You on, it's community radio. Um, yep. It goes onto podcast. We can edit the yep. bits out of the podcast. You'll be fine. But we're here as volunteers. We're here for our community. And it, so thank you for your volunteering time. Well done. You've done a, a great job. And Checkpoint are going to have a, another you. young, talented person panelling in the cockpit. Fantastic. Good on you, yeah. and Andre. It's been great today. Matilda. Yeah, Matilda where's Matilda? Butters. Oh, Matilda. Matilda Butters. Um, Avenue well, Boulevard. Actually, give her a Google. Google her. Oh, we're going to change the Kilda Road to Matilda Butters. <laughs> Butters Drive. Butters <laughs> Boulevard. Um, she made a dress because fancy dress balls were all the rage back in the 1860s. I bet they were, yeah. And she made a frock, a gown out of a newspaper print of the day printed onto silk in silk panels. Absolutely extraordinary. But not only that, she wanted to elevate her husband, James Butters, politically. Mm. And so she was there. There it is. Um, I'm sorry, I pointed at the screen, yeah. at the images on the screen for the listeners at home. Who are, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you. Along, um, it's a gorgeous frock. An amazing yep. frock. Yep. Yeah, so she deliberately was very political in choosing the articles so that she could flatter powers that be at this particular ball at the Melbourne Town Hall and did in fact enable her husband to become I think Lord Mayor, I don't know my history that well, um, as a result of this dress. She butted them up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was feel good, good. that was a feel-good comment. Good. <laughs> you guys. Oh. <laughs> now, my oh, d- task gold. was was comedy gold. Yeah, champagne comedy. Oh, gold champagne gold comedy. Champagne. Gold. Yeah, not praising up. No. Not praising up. Um, uh, I was going to research all the articles in the dress. Well, no, I did research and found out that most of them were about white guys laying foundation stones, <laughs> um, which was not really that interesting. And like this sheep and that foundation stone. Yeah. There was a dentures article, like advertisement, which is quite funny. <laughs> but, um, uh, and that made me a bit cross, made me a bit cross because it missed out on Aboriginal people. Yeah. It missed out on women. And Matilda Butler is a woman, <laughs> always. Um, children. Not a not a not a sausage and Chinese community and there was some insane amount of Chinese immigration. Oh look at her! It's a picture of me. Um, <laughs> sorry, I get really distracted because I don't watch television. Um, <laughs> so if there are pictures, I just sit here with my mouth open usually. Um, <laughs> uh, on the Google machine. Yeah, on the Google. Um, so I chose to focus on women and Chinese community. Mm. And so, paired up with fashion designers, um, shoe, shoe designers Preston Lee, who make extraordinary handmade shoes, and they're oh wow, yeah, they're they're um, like prints. You know, you get an edition number of you know this is number seventeen of thirty. Oh wow, okay. Shoes. Oh wow, very serious. Yeah, and I'm, this I'm is all Melbourne made shoes. Yes, yeah. Oh, they briefly moved to Bali, and I right. ran into Joanna um, Preston the other night at a Fitzroy High School uh, event, and they've moved back. So, yes. Yeah. And with um, extraordinary fashion designers who, and this is absolutely shocking, his name has gone out of my head, but we'll pop in and I'll say it, because they did so much work. They took the prints from the original dress and designed an entire fashion range. Uh, damn, I wish it was in my head. Would you mind Googling Liberty of the Press, please, at the State yeah, Library sure. of Victoria? And then we'll find out because I feel really bad for forgetting. Um, so, whole fashion range. Now, normally when fashion designers create, they create for a, lo- a lollipop, you know, a size six woman <laughs> who's, lollipop. yeah, 
But I, I didn't want that. I'm not interested in it at all. Yeah. So Most I, people aren't lollipops, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. And I'm not interested in the present, present, presentation of women in that way. So I got about 20 performers, ranging from size 10 through to size 20, yeah. ages 18 through to 63. So not your typical fashion parade. So these guys had their work cut out for them um, in that because they weren't all the same shape, they had to hand make each outfit to each woman specifically. So they had this massive range. Um, and the Chinese community got involved because I, I brought them in and they came and worked with us creating rhythms and drumming which part, formed part of the sound design um, and they worked with um, the models or performers on in the space with the drumming. So in that such an old building, it, it was a cacophony of beautiful noise and visuals and very unexpected Um in Queen's Hall, if you get on the internet, you look at it, you can see in Queen's Hall. Beautiful. It, I yep. researched what would be at an 1866 ball. And you're not allowed to bring organic matter into museum spaces. So we, re, we kind of created it using glass and shoes and newspapers, Chinese newspapers, this installation that sort of mimicked the sh- what that would look like. Um, and the performers worked on the floor and they weren't sort of haughtily sort of sashaying past they i told them to it was each and every one of them was matilda butters or or, or the sister of matilda butters and they loved everyone there and they loved their audience and they gave gave them gifts they gave them poetry printed out in pieces of ribbon awesome so it was very atypical as a fashion parade um and a fashion event so it was part of melbourne spring fashion festival but that integrated chinese community you know penelope i have had so much fun with you on our show today i cannot wait to get you back in november because you're my kind of guest (laughs) we've laughed we've cried there's been love affairs (laughs) i cried cried from laughing so much she's been absolutely wonderful hey mark next week did you know that our our um our cohort joe Pryor is, is leaving us soon and, and we're doing a special show all about Joe so yep. um, we need to um, let our regulars know that um, next Please week is the Joe it. show because yeah. it's going to be an awesome awesome show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Can I make show. a suggestion? Yeah. Yes. Everyone head down to Camberwell Market tomorrow. Yeah. Buy her stuff, yeah. wear it during the program next week so you are inside Joe. I think that's a great Perfect. idea. Yeah. I think great Mark idea. and I'll do that. Mm. Campbell, Mark, uh, stay with Joy 94.9 all afternoon. Uh, straight after this show, we have Checkpoint. We're throwing to right now with Luke and the team. Uh, then we have Pets Allowed, Sass, and A Touch of Pink. We've got a great afternoon on Joy 94.9. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.